Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome into another edition of the PHNX Feedback Podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia. Of course, I am your mayor of PHNX. This guy next to me keeps you informed as to when we will be going live. It's your Thunderstick, Jesse Freed. Somebody has to do it. Someone has to do it. Someone has to do it. Yeah, someone has to. Made a lot of things to get uh, settled. And honestly, one of the biggest things that people don't understand around PHNX is how much contract negotiations goes on behind the scenes here. You think all of this trades and new acquisitions and transfer portal stuff and like you know hiring free agents is all just stuff that goes on in sports that shit is going on in this office 24 7 and we had some tough uh negotiations to go through this this morning uh we we were in the middle of 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 some incredible things happening around here on the phnx dbacks podcast so stay tuned right here but of course uh something incredible that's happening around baseball is the Arizona Diamondbacks are finally starting to get recognized a bit for being the wagon that they are. And uh, we took a look at the power, power rankings around baseball. We kind of like what we see from some of you. MLB.com, we're still not happy with you. But uh, <laughs> Jesse actually has his power rankings for Major League Baseball. So we wanted to take a look at those first. So Jesse, uh, tell us a little bit about what you got here. Let's let's jump in. Let's so, jump in. So hey, the D-backs are on the list, Derek. They made it. That's the they that is it. the that is the big news right there. We're not um, the worst. We're not the worst. Far from the worst. Far uh, from the right. worst. Uh, for those of you joining on audio, I'll go ahead and just run through them real quick, and then I'll highlight a couple of things. So here are my power rankings. We'll start from the bottom of my top ten. D-backs are number ten. New York Yankees number nine. Minnesota Twins eight. Orioles 7, Blue Jays 6, Rangers 5. Did not expect to be ranking the Texas Rangers as a top 5 team on May 18th, but here we are. Houston Astros 4, LA Dodgers 3, Braves 2, and the Tampa Bay Rays. I I thought about not ranking the Tampa Bay Rays first, Derek, because they haven't played uh, quite their their, uh, brand of baseball that they had going over those first few weeks uh, here recently. But, you know, they still have far and away the best record in the league, so... Uh, so that's my top 10. A lot of American League East teams here in the top top 10. Almost all of them just missing the Red Sox. And the Red Sox didn't miss by that <laughs> much. much. That's, right? that's, the, that's the scary thing. Um, what, so, what, you Obviously, your biggest surprise here, as you said, was the Texas Rangers being yeah. up there at number five. But uh, really, if you've watched the Rangers, if you've seen their offensive output this year so far, uh, that's not that far off base. I mean, they've been a very good baseball team. They really have. Yeah, the Texas Rangers, I think I think when I first made my list, I think I had the Rangers at like seven or eight. 
And then I looked closer at at some of the numbers with that baseball team. Derek, they don't even have Jacob deGrom. Like yeah. Jacob deGrom yeah. has, has missed significant time, continues to be out for them. And and Nathan Eovaldi somehow looks like a looks like a, a Cy Young candidate. I mean, we saw the Rangers a little bit in that series against the D-backs. Jonah Heim is having a breakout season. Josh aren't, aren't, Young is having a great year. Aren't they getting Seeger back today? Hasn't he also been missing they time? Also, so yes, that is a great point. They also have played, I believe, basically the entire season without Corey. I think I think the entire season yeah, without right. Corey Seeger, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And they're still that good. Like the, with the pieces they're missing. Can can you imagine how good they'll be when they when they come back? And you know what? Much yeah. like the Rays team, you never know, right? Like sometimes it might be these guys getting an opportunity. It might be these guys, the young guys that maybe haven't been as good as they've been in the past, peaking right now. But it definitely feels like Major League Baseball is filled with young talent. And right now, that power, those power rankings right there between the Orioles, Rangers, a lot of those teams appearing on your top ten, uh, kind of shows that story of of the youth movement in baseball here a bit. I'm a, I'm a big run differential guy, um, as, as I'm sure people know <laughs> at this at this point. At this stage in the season, I just think run differential is really helpful in deciding like, okay, you know, is this team 500 because they deserve to be 500, or are they 500 because they're like the Marlins and you know they're minus 45, but they've won every single one sure, game that they played, and, enough, yeah. and it doesn't feel sustainable. So, um, so yeah, a couple teams where run differential came into play. Uh, Clutch Canuck says I'd say snakes over twins, which is a uh, I I don't think that would be egregious at all. No, um, but would you uh, imagine the twins being where they're at, knowing that after acquiring Carlos Correa, that his batting average would be two hundred three yes. at this point of the that's, season? Right. That's I mean, honestly that's, that's honestly a big thing for me is that the the twins' offense has been kind of right in the middle. Their offense has not not been great this year, but that's with Carlos Correa having done basically nothing. And their starting rotation is pretty insane. They have Sonny Gray, they have Joe Ryan, they have Pablo Lopez. It's cooled off a little bit in recent days, but started the year one of the best pitchers in the game. Uh, their starting rotation has a lot more depth than the Diamondbacks starting rotation Correct. does. And they also have some guy named Joan Duran, uh, who was a one-time Diamondbacks prospect who throws 102 miles an hour and is one of the best relievers in the game. Uh, so... Thanks for the, reminding the me pitching, of that. The pitching side for the Twins is so significantly better yeah. uh, than the D-backs for me that even though the D-backs have the better offense, I'm, I'm siding with the Twins just by a slight margin for right now. And, um, and pitching is, I mean, like it's the old adage in football, like defense wins football games, right? Yeah. Like at the end of the day, at the end of the year, pitching is really what's going to make you a great baseball team. Offense comes and goes. There's different sources of offense. There's times where, like we've seen with the Diamondbacks, the entire team can be in a slump together. Uh, but if you have great pitching, you can you can kind of weather the storm when your offense isn't isn't towing the line and doing the work that it yeah. needs to do. Yeah, that's a great point. And yeah, I mean, I think the Twins, according to Fangraphs, are like second. Their their pitching staff is second in WAR, which is like that team. I have to, I feel like I have to put at least in the top eight. Yeah, um, I agree. And I mean, you're not. Uh, you're you're not too much different from from the uh, you know rest of of the analysts in baseball, right? There's uh, the power rankings came out. We take a look at the Arizona Diamondbacks across the power rankings, and they're honestly right where Jesse said. Even with some of those publications that tend to not necessarily give the Diamondbacks the credit they deserve, USA Today has them ranked as the ninth best team in baseball. The Athletic has them ranked right where Jesse has them as the tenth best team in baseball. ESPN has them ranked eleventh. CBS Sports has them ranked 12th, and for some inexplicable reason, MLB.com has them ranked 15th because 
they just like to leave things that's the way pretty they were. crazy it, it takes a little bit of boldness to rank a, a team that's 25 and 19 and has outscored their opponents and is you know fifth in league and batting average like the d-backs are and say that's a that's the here's why team the starting league. rotation mlb.com still has a lot of questions about starting rotation that's when it comes fair. to this team and that's it is fair. fair it's a fair like we are excited about brandon fought being on track but as it stands he's had more bad starts and he's had good starts so far in, in his major league his career. ERA still starts with an eight yeah. so it's gonna it's gonna Dude. take a little while for right. people to to believe un- understandably but so. for for most part for the most part i think we all kind of want to just see him trending in the right direction which we feel like he he is we feel like we know brandon fought is better than what he's displayed so far in, in his three outings <laughs> let's, let's hope so let's right? hope so right <laughs> but um you know again mlb.com is taking more of a prove it approach and Honestly, rightfully so. Like we talked about with Dre Jamison and Ryan Nelson so much with this team. Both of those guys were just ridiculously good to start their career last year. And now this season, it's no knock at them, but they've actually kind of leveled out more to what their numbers were expected to be uh, as major league, you know, starters. So hopefully they can, you know, still keep plugging along. Ryan Nelson's start was very good. Maybe not as long as we'd like to see it, but it was a very good start and, and, and very encouraging as far as, you know, going yeah. forward for him but it's still the oakland a's so we don't want to get too excited about anything um joan joan duran just for those who who don't know uh joan duran was part of the eduardo escobar trade when the correct. diamondbacks acquired eduardo escobar from the twins uh several years back so yeah i think at the time he was in the lower levels of the minors he wasn't necessarily viewed as like a top flight prospect but the stuff was there uh and so it was just a question of whether he was going to be able to throw strikes enough and you know, whether his stuff would tick up even more. And both of those things have happened. Joan Duran is one of my favorite relief pitchers in the game to watch, uh, which, yeah, as a, you know, if you're a Diamondbacks fan, hearing that is is probably pretty difficult because uh, this team could use a Joan Duran uh, right now, Derek, uh, the back end of the bullpen remains remains a little <laughs> bit shaky. So. I am well aware of that, Jesse. I don't need to be reminded. That's why I'm just ignoring <laughs> you while you're talking about all of this stuff. But fair um, enough. I do want to say one thing when we're talking about trades and losing Good players. Uh, I believe we have Dominic Fletcher because of the Paul Goldschmidt trade. We do. Is yes. that right? Yes. I'm so, so glad I mean, you brought that up. The fucking trade is still alive, folks. <laughs> and we, we still might not lose it. That's all I'm saying. We still might not lose this trade. Somehow. Yeah, I know. You're right. Somehow we haven't talked about that on the show yet. <laughs> yeah. Dominic Fletcher. The, the Diamondbacks did not trade for Dominic Fletcher, but they acquired Dominic Fletcher as part of the Paul Goldschmidt trade. He was uh, in the form of a draft pick. Draft pick, uh, yeah. Yeah, the St. Louis Cardinals Wasn't traded a supplemental a, or, yeah. Yeah, I think it was a competitive balance round draft, yeah. uh, draft pick uh, somewhere like in the 70s in the 2019 draft. That's the year the Diamondbacks had like 800 draft picks in the in the first 100, which doesn't even make any sense. But uh, but yeah, Dominic Fletcher is, is here and he is part of the Paul Goldschmidt trade. And, uh, you know, who else is still technically tracks back to the Paul Goldschmidt trade? Derek is Emmanuel Rivera. Yay! Uh, We stand. The Diamondbacks flipped (laughs) a few months of Luke Weaver and uh, turned that into what has so far been a pretty productive third baseman. So uh, the trade, the the, the the book is not closed on the Paul Goldschmidt trade just Um, yet. Well, uh, we didn't talk about that. We haven't talked about a lot of things around baseball because, honestly, uh, the Diamondbacks have been such an exciting topic for us around here. But And they uh, play a lot of games. They do play a lot of <laughs> games. Like, a, it's played. like they play every day, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it gets exhausting. But um, 
the big story around baseball for some reason uh, is Aaron Judge stealing signs, essentially, right? Is that what is that what the narrative is? Is that he's stealing signs? Is he? No. What is he doing? What is he doing with his eyes? What Aaron Judge? Who is Aaron Judge looking at? That's the big story right now in baseball. Uh, and I just, again, we can't help but wonder why. Why is this a story? Why is Aaron Judge uh, looking at his teammates, or maybe you know, the people are, are are saying that Aaron Judge was looking down at the catcher. Uh, the catcher would have to be eight feet tall in order for Aaron Judge to be looking sideways at him and to be seeing anything. But uh, apparently, there was a lot of discussion. Uh, about this, about it being, oh uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know, like some sort of, uh, I guess, cheating. And uh, <laughs> like Jesse and I just found this preposterous yesterday because I hate to break this to you guys, but sign stealing is legal in baseball as long as you don't do it with fucking video cameras and buzzers and trash cans. <laughs> and in fact, you probably could still use the trash cans to get away with it. It's just that other yeah. technology shit that you can't use to steal signs. But like. This has been a part of baseball forever. I don't understand sometimes how this stuff becomes a topic when there's no rules change about this. Aaron Judge isn't doing anything that MLB has ever banned or not allowed people to do. So is it just because he is a very prominent person in baseball? He hit all those home runs last year. So now people are constantly questioning or looking for a reason as to how he did it, how he got some sort of competitive edge on on, uh, everybody else in baseball. And I just... Not even being a Yankees fan, even though I am a reformed Yankees fan, I don't, I don't get it, and I don't, I just don't care. This is not a, this is not something that people should be talking about. Yet here we are talking about it. I feel like we're a little late to the party. Like we every, are, every every baseball podcast has already spent, you know, they've already done like their twenty minute piece. Oh, on this, they, on this they did, incident. They did breaking news podcasts. Yeah, on oh this yeah, there, there was all sorts of coverage. <laughs> For those who who don't know, uh, this was an instant, uh, an incident. I think in Monday's game. Uh, between the uh, Toronto Blue Jays and the New York Yankees. It was at Rogers Center, I believe it was in Toronto. And it was just this bizarre moment where Aaron Judge is at the plate. Uh, He's facing a pitcher whose name is currently eluding me. Um, But he's facing a pitcher who is kind of an up-and-down guy, not a particularly well-known reliever for for the Blue Jays. And Aaron Judge, like right as the pitch is about to come, keeps glancing over towards... First base is yeah. a little unclear. Was he looking at the dugout? Is he looking at his first base coach? Um, he just keeps glancing over. And after the game, he was asked about this. And Aaron Judge said uh, that there was some chirping happening in the dugout. And and so I think there was an ejection that had happened earlier. And so there was some chirping from some Yankees fans uh, in in the dugout. And so Aaron Judge was, I guess, I don't know, giving them the giving them the stare or something, yeah. like get, trying to get them to pipe down or something. That was his explanation, which was clearly bogus. There's no way. Why would like why, if you're gonna give them the stare down, if you're gonna look over at them, why would you do it in these in these milliseconds right. as the pitch right. is being delivered? That part makes absolutely no sense. And of course, uh, the Houston Astros incident from a few years ago, as you reference turned everyone into conspiracy theorists, right? <laughs> Everyone's a conspiracy theorist. Everyone is cheating. What's that there's wrinkle always, in his uniform? What's that thing about? That looks all, like a wire. There's always something going on. Uh, and so, you know, people people began to speculate. And, and what has basically become the conclusion, what most people now believe, uh, Ken Rosenthal reported this shortly after the incident, 
Pitcher's name is Jay Jackson, by the way. He was on the mound for the Blue Jays, sent down to uh, AAA shortly after this this incident happened. Uh, but he basically openly said afterwards that he feels like he was tipping, tipping pitches. pitches. Yeah. And uh, and so, yeah, basically what happened is uh, he it was something he was doing on the mound that the Yankees p- picked up on, uh, specifically their first base coach uh, picked up on that. Um, who, uh, by the last name of Chapman, I can't find his, his first name, whoever the Yankees first base coach is. Um, he picked up on that and he was basically relaying to Aaron judge what the pitch was as it was coming. Hence Aaron judge is looking over at first base. But of course, before this news came out, everyone had their theory about what kind of cheating scandal was in play here. Uh, for well, the Aaron, New York Yankees. Aaron Judge made it a thousand times worse by essentially lying about it, right? Like, yeah. the one thing that is very refreshing, at least to us uh, at times, is how honest the Diamondbacks players are about things that are happening on the field. And sometimes when we go talk to them in the in in the clubhouse afterwards, they give us a perspective that we didn't even think about, right? Like, they're like, oh, no, this just thing happened and blah, 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 right? And it sounds reasonable and it sounds factual. And it, it just... It, it's an easy enough story to believe. Yeah. Aaron Judge saying what he said instantly was like, what? That yeah, makes but, no sense. But he also he also kind of had to say that because if you're a team and, you, and you've got something on the opposing pitcher and you know that that, that pitcher is tipping his pitches, you're not going to say that, right? Because that's a competitive advantage sure. for you. You can't go on the record after the game saying that. Because then other it, teams are going to do it. And then not only other teams, yeah. but they'll do something to stop him from tipping his pitches. Exactly. Well, that's the biggest thing you the don't other, want to end. Yeah, right? the Especially other team is, is going to be like, oh, you, oh, we're tipping pitches. Okay, yeah. well, let's take a look and see, see if we can figure out what that was. That's why as a journalist, I won't really ever ask a question about that. Because even if somebody is tipping pitches, it's, you know, they're not going to come back. They're not going to yes. openly admit that. Yeah. Um, but I'm just saying it would be easy enough to say I was looking at our first first base coach. He was giving but us. Why would he have been looking at his first base Jesse, coach unless he was. Because you unless, get signs from your first base coach. That's nothing fucking new in like baseball. In the, in the, like as the ball is coming to the plate. Not, I don't know about that, Derek. I'm just saying I'm, my point being is that looking at your first base coach is not fucking anything new in baseball. That's true. Whether you're in the box, whether the pitch is coming. If you would have just said that. That would have been it. Making up this whole thing about people chirping at you. That's the part where I'm like, yeah, there's he should have come up with a better story. Yeah, we that's would the, that's see the that. We here, would right? see that there'd be video evidence of them chirping at you. You know what I mean? It's kind of like everything that we see. The Clutch Canuck uh, been uh, down here. So John Boy has been on the defense force for judge just for uh, Herman to be ejected next game. Yeah. yeah. Yankees. Uh, they're they're not having a good time right now. But uh, of course. Uh, the sticky stuff in baseball, that's a whole other thing right now that's yeah. kind of getting a little bit out of control when it comes to the Domingo Herman, the latest, the latest victim. Man, didn't he have a perfect game going before they found that? It was or like, like a no-hitter? Yeah, well, like no, I know it wasn't very innings, long, but yeah. still, yeah. it was enough for them to be like, hold on, you're not normally this good. It was um, Travis Chapman, by the way. That's the It's the Yankees' first yeah. base coach. But yeah, apparently he, he picked up on it, and, and this is a situation where Jay Jackson was was openly willing to to admit this afterwards which sort of makes sense from from his perspective you might you might be willing to just come out and say that because at that point everyone kind of suspected as much are so. we are we soft media Jesse here in Arizona like if we <laughs> asked something like that and we got a no comment kind of thing right I feel like we would just no comment right if we asked Tori like hey what happened there between Christian Walker and uh you know Tony Perez Chica on that last play. Why was why was he looking at him? And and if Tori was like, yeah, I don't want to elaborate on that. Would we push him any further? Because I feel like that he couldn't. Like I feel like Aaron Judge couldn't get away with the New York media 
accepting him saying no comment on that. Right. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? But yeah, I do yeah, feel no, like right. to an you're extent, right. like if we were to pester like a player on the Diamondbacks about that and he just said, ah, I don't. I don't, I guess we do get that from time to time. Like they'll be like, I was working on something. And we're like, well, what are you working on? He's like, I don't want to disclose that. And we're like, cool. Understand. Like yeah. maybe we're just more laid back here. I don't know, but it might just be Pitch easier tipping to deal with is, is a really difficult thing to, to kind even of, address, to right? kind of yeah. dance around yeah, as, for sure. as a journalist and, and as a team, like they're, you know, you can't really <laughs> talk about it. So, uh, it's just weird. But, but the thing that I will say, going back to my earlier point about, uh, everyone being conspiracy theorists, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. uh, the Houston Astros situation uh, broke broke baseball fans' minds. It made people forget that things like sign stealing are a totally normal and and I think healthy and kind of yeah. fun part of yeah. part of the game. Um, I remember listening. I remember watching playoff games and having them talking about it mid game. They're like, you know, the the announcers, the commentators, kind of start yeah. hypothesizing that they think that. Hey, we think that the 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 you know uh, angels in this case, like we think that they might have figured something out about the the pitcher. You know, and they'll even start sometimes showing clips of them maybe doing stuff on the base path that might be sure. You know, se- like sending signs into the hitter or whatever. Like, and and in this case, the Blue Jays, I believe it was the Blue Jays broadcast. Dan Schulman and Buck Martinez were totally on top of this. Two very well seasoned broadcasters. They were totally yeah. like, "What is Aaron Judge doing with his eyes? Like, yeah. what's what's going on here?" Uh, and the other part of this is that Pitchcom is a part of this game now, which has made uh, sign stealing considerably more difficult. But as also going back to the conspiracy theory thing, like, can you hack into Pitchcom? Yeah. Is we- it possible to intercept the <laughs> Pitchcom frequency? Like it is. Who knows? It right? Is, yeah. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, and I don't mean on the show. Jesse and I just sat around yeah. wondering about this. Yeah, right? we, we literally sat down and, and we're doing Internet searches about like how you would hack Pitchcom if you were if you and, and it according, doesn't seem like it's really possible. According to an executive from the company that developed the Pitchcom, they, they basically said that this is like uh, this is completely. Uh, uh, you cannot, you cannot. It's like it's all this. encrypted. It's all encrypted somehow. information and yeah. stuff. And it's like a very limited, uh, I think it's a very limited bandwidth as far as how far it would go. I think like there's something about the pitchcom units and what the catcher is wearing, like being specifically paired and like nothing else compared. It's not like a Bluetooth situation or something like that. However, it's using technology. And if it's using technology, it means that the technology can perhaps somehow be hacked into technology breeds corruption that's yeah. right <laughs> we love it we love it around here we love cheating around here but yeah no i mean just wait till people are hacking the automatic ball strike challenge you know, system you know what Derek. i want i want them to hack the pitch com and then start sending the wrong pitches into the catcher that would be even better than just stealing the information right <laughs> All right, cross them up a little bit while you're also <laughs> stealing the pitches. I don't know, but could you imagine oh, if Robo Umps were a thing and the team <laughs> figured out how to hack it? Yes, that would be that. Like, I honestly want that to happen because that would be the greatest baseball Ball. story of all time. <laughs> I still want incredible. the actual robots back there, but you know what it is. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Technology, technology is very corruptible. But uh, more importantly, thank you to the Houston Astros for putting all of these wonderful thoughts yes. in our heads that this could all happen. Um, before the Houston Astros did what they did, I've never heard of a player wearing a buzzer 
underneath their jersey before to alert them as to what pitch was coming. But here we are. Uh, I thank you guys for being here today in the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed already, subscribe, sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss whenever we go live. Leave us a thumbs up just for our own personal self-esteem. Uh, if you're listening to us right now on your favorite audio podcasting app, I promise I will remember you and I promise I will stop forgetting about you uh, when we show pictures on the screen. But uh, if you can, please subscribe to us if you haven't done so already. Leave us a review. We always appreciate that feedback. You can also go to gophnx.com if you haven't signed up to become a diehard member yet and join the PHNX family. Uh, not only do we have all sorts of wonderful benefits from our partners, from our own personal events and things like that, you get free piece of merchandise from the phnxlocker.com every year you're a member. You also get 20% off all future purchases. You get access to our members-only Discord lounge. You get uh, discounts on our events. You'll get a $50 voucher for Mount Mike's Pizza upon signing up. That pretty much pays for it right there. Uh, right away. So make sure to join us today. You also get access to Full Count, which is Jesse's newsletter. You'll get access to all of Jesse's written content, the free stuff, the stuff locked behind a paywall, all of that stuff. So make sure to join us today. Uh, also, shout out to our friends at BetMGM, where we will be getting all of our lines from this year, where we do all of our betting, uh, and where we make money on Christian Walker hitting dingers. Walker, 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 single, double, triple, Walker, he hits dingers, Christian Walker, having a day. Uh, that's the that's the lyrics to the song. Uh, make sure, uh, check you out. To, you have to sing it. You there. have to uh, sing it. Walker, 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 single, double, triple, Walker. There you go. Uh, every Saturday and Wednesday, you can claim your free bonus bet on the house from BetMGM. I just did that yesterday, and you should too. Fans automatically receive a bonus bet upon logging into their account. And unlike other betting apps, they don't try to hide this from you. I got an email about it, Jesse. I got a text message and I got a notification in the app. They were trying to give me my free bet and make sure I didn't forget about it. And you shouldn't either because your bets do expire after 72 hours. So don't wait. Bonus bets can only be used on any sport wagers. Uh, check out the PHNX, uh, our, our Cornhole uh, League knockout nights on the first Friday of every month. We will be having those at the BetMGM Sportsbook out at State Farm Stadium the first Friday of every month. We'll have food and beverage specials, giveaways, BetMGM prizes, and so much more. We will also be broadcasting this very show from the site. So if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, uh, BetMGM app yet, do it now and use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, you will get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use bonus code PHNX. Sign up before you come to the event. That way you make sure you have the app ready to go and you can already start getting those bonus bets in when you arrive. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. All right. Well, uh, today is a very special anniversary uh, for Arizona Diamondbacks fans and baseball fans alike. Today is the 19-year anniversary of Randy Johnson's perfect game from 2004. Uh, fun day, Jesse. Fun I think day. That you probably don't remember. You were what? Yeah, three, I was out at the three playground. Whole, three whole years old? Four years old? Yeah, something. Some, yeah. some, some, I yeah. might have been five. Five? I, I was five Sorry. at that point. Yeah, I was um, I was drunk, you know, at the game, but well, no big deal. We both live our lives in separate ways. But uh, <laughs> you were at you were at this game? No, I was not at okay, this game. I believe okay. it was in Atlanta. Yeah, I was gonna game. say, yeah. I was like, wow, what no, are it, the was odds? A, it was a two nothing. <laughs> I did watch it though. I did watch it live, and okay. I remember uh, I remember calling my friends 
as things started to progress in that direction, right? Like, this is what we used to do. We didn't have Twitter to jump on and immediately have people to be talking to about this event that was going on live. You had to pick up a phone with a cord on it and call <laughs> someone and hope they were home and have them answer their phone with a cord on it. Wild times, Jesse. <laughs> but uh, it was a two to nothing victory over Mike Hampton and the Atlanta Braves, if you remember. And Randy Johnson was just just a just just a young 40 years old at the time uh, when yeah. he threw 117 pitches for 13 strikeouts, no hits and no walks. It's just I mean this is what separates Randy Johnson in in so many ways is is not just the incredible numbers, all the Cy Young awards, all that. It's it's the longevity, right? It's yeah. like this man was a transcendent pitcher at the age of 40. Like you just don't you just don't see that kind of thing basically ever in in this sport. And looking at his numbers for that season, Derek, 2004, he made 35 starts. The backs found a way to finagle a couple couple extra ones for him, I guess. Uh, 245 and two thirds innings, which is a pretty insane innings count. Uh, 290 strikeouts that year, and and a 2.60 ERA, 0.9 WHIP, which was, I mean, especially for that time, was just completely unheard of. So. Uh, yeah, I continue to be uh, jealous and and sort of sad that I wasn't uh, I, I wasn't at the age where I could remember things and actually <laughs> process things when when all this stuff it's was all right. happening. The team sucked um, that year, so it's fine. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Think <laughs> it was the only thing to remember that season. Two, I mean, two thousand three was was worse than two thousand four, but um, right or no, 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 no. 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 Two thousand four was the worst. Two thousand four was the fifth. Yeah, Randy Johnson was the only good yeah. thing happening for the. He lost a lot of games two to nothing that year. Let me tell you, just yeah. Well, he was <laughs> he only he was only sixteen and fourteen, <laughs> despite yeah. being. Like that was his record, despite being one of the best pitchers and you know yeah. finishing second in Cy Young voting. He had so. a two point three zero ERA that year, I believe, or maybe that was the next year. I don't know, but he led the league two sixty, yeah, two sixty that year. Good yeah. lord! But anyway, yeah, incredible. Um, the big the big reason why we're talking about this today is, as you may remember, Zach Gallen hit a bird with a pitch and killed it yesterday. But was it a real bird? We're, while we're while we're doing conspiracy theory, was it a recording device? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> was it was it a sparrow or was it a pigeon? It's very important to know the difference between these two birds. There's plenty of fucking sparrows out there, okay? But the pigeons, they're CIA recording devices. Everybody knows that. Right. Um, but the point is that obviously, what what we need to go back to and and think about here is that in 2001, Randy Johnson destroyed that bird. And the Arizona Diamondbacks went on to win the World Series. So it's a very simple conclusion to be drawn. It, it here, obviously right? is a simple conclusion, <laughs> right? That Zach Gallen is on the same path to win a World Series this year. And then obviously in 2026, he's going to throw uh, a perfect game, right? That's the way yeah, that this goes. Yeah, there you go. I mean, he, he is on pace for a pretty remarkable season. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not that, but uh, who knows, right? Who knows? Wackier things have happened. Uh, we tweeted this out yesterday, though, and you can take a look for yourself, but Zach Gallen is on pace for some pretty incredible numbers there. Yeah, I mean, this this is this is bonkers. Uh, granted, it's a little, you know, the, the whole on pace thing when you're like barely a quarter of the way through the season. Uh, it's a little pie in the sky. You're kind of dreaming a little <laughs> bit, but it's also really fun. Uh, especially right now for a Diamondbacks team. Is, I mean, especially on the offensive side of the game, they have a number of hitters who are on pace to put up pretty gaudy numbers at the end of the season right now. Uh, but on the pitching side, 
No one's better than Zach Gallen. 210 in a third innings. That would be a career high for him in terms of innings. Only 29 walks compared to 257 strikeouts. Uh, of course, the 235 ERA, the 0.85 whip. Uh, those are the numbers that, that he has right now. He's also on pace to go 22 and 4, Derek. Which is, uh, as we talked about the other day, that's that's pretty crazy for a guy who couldn't couldn't get past four wins. Oh yeah, uh, not not that long. Ago. Not too long ago. I think last <laughs> year was the first time he finally got over that hump. But right, uh, yeah. I mean, Zach Gallon, of course, is an incredible pitcher. Uh, our friend Jack had to go rain on our parade with these numbers a little bit and try to. Yeah, be, I don't know about some that, fan, look, Jack, fan projections. It's rest his of job season. to be a realist, not mine and not yours. All right, let Jesse bring me down. I don't need you two of you bringing me down. <laughs> I um, mean, to be fair, on pace means on pace. Like this is the season that Zach Gallon is on pace to have. Correct. That is objectively Not a, the case. It's, it's different than projected, it which projected doesn't than, really move much from what they projected him to have at the beginning of the season, no matter how well he's performing. Right. right, right. It might move the needle a little bit. It's kind of like maybe what we were seeing with ESPN's power rankings. Like, basically, the Diamondbacks are like one position up from where they were when I think ESPN started the season, or maybe we're, we were at 15th when ESPN started the season. But well, ESPN feels, was a little nicer, right? It was oh, no, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. The, my, stickers, my apologies, right? Espen. I would never mean to throw you. Under I think MLB.com started the Mold. year. They started the year at like 20th, 21st with a D-back, something like that. Yeah. So I mean, 15th is a is a decent bump, yeah. but yeah, probably not, not as enough. much as they deserve. Anymore. Probably not enough. Yeah. Uh, on all transparency, uh, I think we might have messed up a little bit, and I by we I mean I uh, when it came to this. Yeah, whole this is all your situation. Fault, <laughs> I've been attacking. Uh, cities in florida and entire species of animals this week and people aren't very happy with me um but i i think i think i i think i was a little bit of a hypocrite this week when it came to our last two episodes damon would you mind showing some clips that kind of prove what i'm talking about here like why why isn't it meow in the park yeah. not just bark yeah. in the park jesse right? wants somebody to bring a monkey he wants yeah things to get bring crazy. bring not only your dogs bring yeah. your cats bring your monkeys how do bring you your know? talking parrots yeah. that maybe you could teach to how like heckle you know opposing teams doesn't love baseball games if you don't bring your cat to a baseball game why not i mean they got to get those attendance numbers up somehow derek hmm Mm. We were very pro uh, pro just all pro animals animal, coming to the park, pro right? Bird. We were pro bird, <laughs> pro monkey, pro dog, pro cat. Um, and now let's take a look at yesterday's uh, uh, video clip after Zach Gallon killed a bird with a pitch. I am throwing shade at birds, Jesse. <laughs> birds, because birds have no business trespassing inside of baseball stadiums, and I have no sympathy for this bird getting in the middle of this, you know, ball that Zach Gallon threw. It's not Zach Gallon's fault. He was out there just doing his job. If I ran out on the field and got in between Zach and his catcher and got hit in the head, whose fault is that? Mine or Zach Gallon's? <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't know what to say there. Um, so I guess we'll just let those videos do the time. I, I I I tend to be a bit of a hypocrite at times. It's fine. Just, I'm, just a little bit. I've 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 I'm used to it. I'm okay with it. But uh, I, I'll tell you, I need to probably take less OGs and not forget the thing I said the day before on the next episode. But I'm not going to stop because I love OGs. Uh, and you should too. They have a wide variety of flavors and doses for you to choose from. Uh, they also have their brand new mixed bags, which if you are really about the flavor that they're offering, they have their creams and their fruit together in one bag. And oh my God, it's delicious. Not enough edibles companies, companies worry about the taste of their edibles. They just worry about getting you high. 
That's not what OG's has. OG's makes wonderful uh, gummies that not only taste wonderful, but they have a wide variety of strains and, and, and additions that help you not only sleep, but have a great time doing whatever you're doing, stay awake, all of that stuff. So make sure to find them at your local dispensary at ogsbrands.com. Must be 21 or over to enjoy responsibly. And again, let me be your weed Sherpa. If you don't know which ones to choose, you can message me on Twitter. I will happily guide you through the process. Uh, same thing with Four Peaks beers. If you don't know which one to try, we can just start at the ground level of what you enjoy to drink, and we will go from there because Four Peaks has you covered with a huge variety of beers. Uh, and, of course, you can try them all out at their A Street Pub in Tempe. Uh, you can also get them wherever you get your beer. Uh, check them out, Circle K. Circle K has Four Peaks. Of course, that's a great place to get them. Uh, you can also win some tickets from Four Peaks for the Diamondbacks. Four Peaks, four seats promotion one lucky winner will get four seats to an upcoming diamondbacks game tickets will include d-bucks so you can grab some food wow wheat hop knot kilt lifter whatever beer you like uh, you can enter by going to four peaks brew on instagram the link is in the bio uh, and of course check out four peaks four peaks brew and at four peaks pub to keep up with the latest at arizona's hometown brewery must be 21 or older to drink four peaks must uh, please drink responsibly we got some updates from down on the farm when it comes to the Arizona Diamondbacks farm system. Of course, as you all know by now, Alec Thomas was sent down uh, to Reno. He was optioned to the Reno Aces. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of positive things said about Alec Thomas. Tori Lavolo commented on how important he was to the team, uh, how important his defense was, and mostly that they just feel like he needs to get, uh, you know, get some, get some at-bats and get his swing right. Yeah, yeah, and Alec Thomas has has made has made changes from from day one with the uh, with the Reno Aces. We have a number of screenshots here uh, that we can share that sort of illustrate what has happened uh, with Alec Thomas's swing. Um, are we able to pull that up? Are able to pull that up, Damon? So, uh, so here is Alec Thomas's first at bat, and uh, he was facing one of the better pitching prospects in the game, uh, a lefty for the San Francisco Giants in their organization, who is. Uh, the I think he's the highest ranked uh, left-handed pitcher in all of in all of minor league baseball as far as his uh, so yeah not exactly a soft landing for Alec Thomas like yeah welcome to Triple A yeah, you're yeah. facing the, the, the toughest the toughest lefty arguably in all of minor league baseball uh, but this Derek this is a screenshot of Alec Thomas in his first at bat that's a little leg kick right there that's a the, little tiny leg the kick. leg kick is very small this was not like. Like right at the beginning of the leg kick, this was the highest point of the leg kick. It's okay. more of like him just kind of. It's more of like a like turning his toe sure. uh, more than more than anything sure. else. There's hardly any lift whatsoever. Just lifting the heel off the ground a bit. Yeah. Is, is is this something he's actively trying to get rid of that leg kick? Like, or do you think he's trying to actively? I know you might not know for sure, but yeah. does it seem like he's trying to eliminate the leg kick from his? From his swing? This is, I mean, this is exactly what Tori Lavello told reporters yesterday when the Diamondbacks made the decision to send Alec Thomas down. He said that there's too much action in his lower half. There's too much movement. Um, this gets a little more interesting, though. But before before we get to some of the other screenshots, what do you think happened in this first at bat, Derek? Wait, give um, me a guess. Alec Thomas at the plate. What do you think Alec Thomas did in his first at bat in AAA? He grounded out softly to the right side. You are absolutely yeah. correct. Alec <laughs> ding, Thomas ding, 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 grounded ding. out softly to the right side. So not exactly a, a instant result. Sure. Uh, if we go to the next screenshot, this is a second at bat. This oh. is the highest point of his leg kick. I see a little bigger there. Just a little bit, a little bit higher. But yeah, I'm just seeing. A bit am higher. I seeing his? sole of the shoe there like is he kind of turning his leg almost a little bit where he's like angling it and i can see like 
the bottom of the shoe? Yeah, yeah. I think the there might be some some like rotational differences there as well. Uh, pretty subtle though. Pretty yeah. similar to the first time. Still sure. noticeably noticeably diminished from from what he was doing um, uh, with the Diamondbacks this season. We go to the next one. This is also this is against a different lefty now. Oh, uh, still there's a gap there. Yeah, I'm, maybe I'm seeing the gap now. Maybe a little different. Still mostly similar though, right? Sure. Like it's still it's still it's just sort a little of, bit higher. Yeah, maybe a little bit higher. No, no super significant changes. And granted, I'm just picking one pitch from each at bat, so no, there's, no, no. Yeah, there's yeah. probably some yeah. some variance within each of them. If we go to the next one, <laughs> whoa, we're back. The Alec Thomas oh leg God. kick is in. You can take the man out of the leg swing, but you can't take the leg swing out of the man. <laughs> something, something like that. Oh man, that uh, is incredible. And then if we go to the very last one, similar yeah. story. Yeah. So his first three at bats, leg kick very diminished. His last two at bats, leg kick pretty much exactly as we saw it before. It's just part of his mechanics that he can't really eliminate, but it's possibly not really something that's bringing him any kind of help, right? So my my theory is that he was facing lefties in those first three at bats. Oh, he was and he's facing, facing righties, righties in, the last two. in those last two. So there is some arguments we made, like you were just saying, maybe it's kind of reverting to old habits and just gradually throughout the game, he just kind of found his way back to his old batting stance. Sure. Or what I think is probably more likely is the D-backs told him, tone down the leg kick against lefties where you're having the most problems, oh. but leave let it, it rip against the righties. Yeah, let it rip against righties. Mm. So we'll have to continue to monitor this, but uh, I spent entirely too much time uh, <laughs> scrubbing through uh reno aces footage and trying to take screenshots well, last night it was it was a lot of fun but it, uh interesting interesting takeaways here the end result is that he went over five and none of them really worked uh but that's not really yeah. what they're looking for right again that's something when we talk about like jake mccarthy going down and struggling for his first week even in reno after he was sent down uh and even the struggles that he's kind kind of currently experiencing they're they're working on stuff and it's kind of like spring training where it's not really the results that 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 they're that are driving them as much as it's trying to fix something yeah. that they're doing wrong, trying to fix something in their mechanics. And uh, honestly, both of these guys are too good uh, as defenders for them to be playing at a triple A level. Right. So like, it really is just about them getting their swing back on track. And, and then, then it's more difficult because the diamondbacks have to figure out roster wise where to put all of these guys. That right. they have, uh, And they still have other guys that we are waiting to hear back from Kyle Lewis. We're still hate, we're waiting to hear about, uh, Cole Sulser is another name that I think we're still waiting to hear. He'll probably be out for quite a while. Yeah, and then we have I think we're uh, close there. Carson Kelly due back in maybe a few weeks, like maybe by something like June, that. July-ish kind of. Yeah, I talked to Carson a couple days ago, and he said he has been cleared to swing, so he's able hmm. to he's able to actually swing a bat. He was throwing out to 120 feet, I think. Any pain um, or, or anything like that? Is he they good? said it was said it was okay. Okay, uh, but it sounded like sort of a sort of a day to day thing as far as actually, um, you know, getting into games and going yeah. out on a rehab assignment or whatnot. So uh, still, still have to wait out that situation. It was Kyle Harrison, by the way, was the name of the lefty uh, who started yesterday for the Sacramento River Cats in that game. Twenty uh, one year old lefty, one of the one of the best young pitching prospects in baseball. So that's kind of why I'm not reading too much into Alec Thomas going zero for five. Sure, I watch those at bats, and Kyle Harrison has really good stuff. Um, and you know, even the last couple of bats happened against righty, so maybe you'd like to see him get a hit there. But nothing alarming. It's just just one game. Uh, and speaking in uh, other news of players getting hit by pitches, not just Carson Kelly, but Jordan Lawler uh, got hit in the right 
uh, right wrist by pitch in the first inning of uh, the game the other night. Apparently, they had x-rays done on Lawler's right hand, and they came back negative. He is currently considered day-to-day, uh, but not great, obviously. We yeah. have both of uh, the guys that we really want to talk about and get excited about currently uh, injured. Drew Jones is still on the IL with a quad injury as well. That's been a long time. I think Josh Barfield said it would be like a couple weeks that he would be out for when it first happened. He was placed on the seven-day IL on April 22nd. So that's almost a full month ago Damn. at this point. Uh, so I don't know what what's going on there, but hopefully Drew Jones can can get back soon. The one name that we still don't have much information on is Christian Robinson. We know that he uh, kind of currently remains in limbo, but he should be activated soon. Uh, yeah. Hillsborough would probably be a landing destination. Visalia is where, oh, Visalia. is where okay. Christian Robinson will will start. And uh, yeah, when the, Di- the Diamondbacks, as we talked about uh, a week or two ago at this point, they reinstated him from the restricted list, but they haven't activated him to actually be on the Rawhides uh, roster at this point. So he's not playing in games. But I believe when they when they reinstated him initially, that opened up a 30 day period that they have to activate him. Okay. So I think that puts us at around May 31st, something like that. Is there uh, a reason Christian why Robinson to they get would need this games. time? Like so that? I think it's mostly because Christian Robinson had a hamstring injury in spring training, like right okay. toward the end of spring training that he's kind of been like slowly working his way back from. Uh, Josh Barfield told us during the the press conference at the time, the D-backs were hoping to send him out on a rehab assignment, which would allow them to push off activating him, which requires a 40-man roster move because he would he would become part of the 40-man roster. And, and that would that would require them to make a move that maybe they would like to push out a little further if they can. I don't know what the status is on that. It doesn't appear that I can tell that Christian Robinson has started a rehab assignment. Um, but either way, I think by May 31st, I think he pretty much has to play in games is, is my understanding. So hopefully we get to see him out there pretty soon. Yeah, that would be something spectacular because I know a lot of Diamondbacks fans that have kind of tracked the progress of prospects have really just wanted to see this guy get an opportunity to come back and, and play baseball again. And that looks like that might be coming true. So that's a great story as far as the organization organization is concerned. It was so long ago. I mean, it's it's just so it's weird to have a prospect that you're so excited about, and then four years just pass, and and it it I mean, it's not like Christian Robinson played poorly, right? Like Christian Robinson, the last time he was in the minors, you know, he'd just been promoted to uh, Kane County, the High A affiliate at the time, and he was kind of struggling there. But his numbers in that 2019 season were really really good, and so D backs fans yeah. just kind of have this picture in their heads of like. Oh my gosh, like Christian Robinson, at one point we thought this guy was going to be a star and, you know, it's going to take him a while to work his way back from that. But there's there's still a lot of excitement there and and rightfully so. There's a couple of things about that. One, it's crazy how the pandemic feels like the blip now in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, we yeah, just, we just lost this two year period of time that certain like just shit was just weird during that time. And we're still like learning how to live life again back normally, uh, you know, post-pandemic. But I that, still haven't figured it out. I there. still haven't either. I still have a drawer full of masks that yeah. I don't want to get rid of because I think I'm going to need them again. But yeah. <laughs> Christian Robinson definitely had one of those things that could destroy a career happen to him. And luckily, we are now in a place where we as a society understand mental health better and we understand yeah. people having breakdowns and mental health incidents better because there's a good chance that, uh, you know, 
10, 15 years ago, this completely ruins Christian Robinson's career. Maybe even ends up that's in jail and, and that's, that's where he remains, right? Maybe he's more talking about getting out of prison rather than playing baseball again. So I'm just thankful that we're, we're in this uh, place now. May is mental health awareness month. I, I still believe and and that's something that everybody should just take a moment to think about when it comes to uh, yourself, your loved ones and everybody around you. But um, I'm just, I'm glad because in my time, I've seen so many young athletes that had the promise of Christian Robinson have yeah. their careers completely destroyed, not because they, they, their skills as an athlete diminished, but because something outside of the sport ruined their career, you know, yeah. and that's something I, that would just be terrible to see happen to this young man. Yeah. That's a great point. I, I really love how d fans have just like openly embraced Christian Robinson and uh, honestly, they're almost they're almost a little bit too excited. Like they're it's almost like <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, this wow. this guy hasn't played a, a professional game right. for about four years, so you should temper your expectations. And even back back in 2019, he was an exciting prospect, but he was also a very high variance prospect. You didn't really the, the ceiling was very high, the floor was also pretty low. Um, but I, I love just on like a more personal level how D-backs fans. You know, they they know that, you know, there was this altercation with this cop and and that's not a good thing. And it's something that Christian Robinson shouldn't have done. But there's also like this second chance that I think is being freely offered him by basically everyone. And that's that's exactly the way it should be. The reason why I bring up the pandemic is because it it affected a lot of us in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Right. And it's hard to like wrap your mind around how it none impacted of us were fully someone. in touch with our <laughs> mental faculties. No, at that, at no. That. No, I, I spent a lot of time by myself in my house just freaking out over yeah. the fact that I had nobody to talk to. Um, again, hopefully that story has a happy ending for Robinson. Yeah. Uh, looking ahead, the Arizona Diamondbacks have no game today, which again makes us sad because we don't know what to do with ourselves. Uh, I'm going to play Mario Kart. That's why I'm dressed up go. like this. And then I'll probably listen to Jack Black sing Peaches a thousand times. But uh, here is the uh, upcoming probables for the series with the Pirates. Again, Another winnable series, starting pitching not that strong outside of Keller, uh, but Keller has had an incredible season. So, uh, unfortunately, that lines up with Brandon Fott. I mean, I really I really wish we could get a marquee matchup there of Gallon versus Keller because that would have been outstanding, the battle of 2.3 ERAs. But yeah. uh, Brandon Fott, it's going to be, once again, interesting to see how that guy on his first day of school there in that picture uh, comes out in his fourth start. We want you nothing. Can't but the, stop doing that. He's to the so poor man. wholesome in that picture. I can't stand it. Look at Merrill Kelly. Merrill Kelly looks like a guy I don't want to meet in the back alley, right? Brandon <laughs> Fott looks like he's going to give me twenty dollars without me even asking him. Uh, Zach Allen is. He looks pretty wholesome. Yeah, Zach too, Allen. Right? Zach Allen. I don't know. He looks like a troublemaker too. But Brandon Fott, that kid's something else. But uh, we we're rooting for him, and we hope to see him continue. The performance that he had in his last start. That's really what we want to see yeah. here. Like, can't go out there and expect him to no hit the Pirates or anything crazy like that. He's probably going to give up a couple runs and maybe go five innings, but that would still be pretty encouraging compared to what we saw in his first two starts. Yeah. Th this kind of sets up similarly to the to the Marlins series, I think. I want to yeah. right? It was fought against Luzardo, yeah. who is like Luzardo by far the was, best yeah. pitcher for the Marlins in that series. And then Gallon and Kelly both had pretty favorable pitching matchups as, as they often do. Uh, there are some interesting uh, pitchers in here. Contreras is an interesting one for the Pirates. He's only 23 years old. Um, so swing and miss stuff has not quite been there for him uh, like the Pirates might have been hoping. He only has 32 strikeouts in 45 innings this year. Uh, but last year he was pretty good for them. He had a 3.79 ERA uh, primarily as a starter for the Pirates. Uh, so yeah, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to take this for granted, even though you got two of your best, uh, 
two your two best starting pitchers going in this series because we we saw how that went in uh, against the Marlins, right? <laughs> so uh, hopefully the D-backs can can avoid repeating that. We have a very long wait until our Corbin Carroll bobblehead giveaway night at Chase Field, but in the meantime, you can grab up one of these little beautiful pieces of artwork at there our friends go. at foco.com. Uh, they're a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, and most importantly, bobbleheads. Bobbleheads are what we want. Bobbleheads are what baseball fans crave, and they have tons of them. Again, I can't stop talking about this one. It doesn't even show up on camera as well as it should. It's like an Arizona sunset. It's absolutely gorgeous, and you can get it at FOCO. Uh, it's like an unidentified person, too. Right? Jesse's like tried so like hard a, to figure out what player this is. Like he, just, he just can't accept. Some human he just being. can't accept. It's just a guy. It's just a guy. He's a left-handed hitter. Yeah, so that, I mean, that kind of narrows it down, oh, right? Man, he's going to start fucking pulling up all the Cactus League left-handed hitters. Josh Rojas. He's got to figure it, it out. But uh, FOCO does have the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fans. Of course, it's spring. It's baseball season. They got more than just that. They got the big hats. They got the Aloha shirts. They have everything you need for baseball. And of course, FOCO always has our back for Arizona sports and they have yours too. get the best gear around by visiting www.foco.com and using code PHNX for all non presale items. Use the promo code PHNX and you will get 10% off over at FOCO.com. Uh, also check out more furniture you're gonna need somebody to set someplace to set up all of your beautiful bobbleheads once you get them get yourself one of those like cabinets a display case get all of that over at morefurniture.com then you get yourself a fan fancy recliner to go right next to it you watch your tv uh you watch your baseball you have yourself the best life so uh wh whatever you want to buy for your home you can find it at morefurniture.com and they will deliver it with their white glove delivery service that we got here at our office fall asleep in a recliner you love from more furniture and you can save big on the best furniture in the valley when you head over to morefurniture.com well that's all we got we've got to figure out something to do with our afternoon me and jesse are probably going to look into the pitchcom system more and see how we can hack it but yeah we're gonna hack it i'm not i'm not out. leaving this office until i've figured out how look, to hack they have way so. too many guys <laughs> that went to harvard and stuff in baseball like yeah you think, jesse yeah. pointed out like you think those <laughs> analysts are just there to break down pitches and tendencies <laughs> They're there to figure out how to hack the pitchcom system, 100%. But uh, that's what we're going to do. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Cap underscore Caveman with a K. This guy's at Jesse N. Friedman. Damon is at Damon Dog with a D-A-W-G and a little bark at the end. Uh, our show is at PHNX underscore sports, or excuse me, underscore D-backs, but all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We appreciate you guys stopping by. On behalf of the entire crew here, we thank you for your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun. But it is so much more fun when you kill a bird with a baseball. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.